0: Om Sahana Vavatu, Sahanao Manaktu, Sahaviryan Karava Vahai, Pejasvimavadhitamattu Mahvidvishavahai, Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. Let us read the first three verses in the page 7 shri bhagavanuvacha shri Bhagavan param bhuyah pravakshyami param bhuyah pravakshyami jnananam jnanam uttamam jnananam jnanam uttamam Jnana yajnyatva munaye sarve Ram Siddhi Mito Gataa Ram Siddhi Mito Gataa Idam Nyana Mupashritya Idam Nyana Mupashritya Mamasadha Lmya Magataa Mamasadha Lmya Magataa Sargepi Nopajayante Sargepi Nopajayante Tala yen avya tante cha, Tala <tallayenav> Mamayo nirmahad brahma, Mamayo nirmahad brahma, Tasmin garbham Tasmin garbham Tato Bhavati Bhārata Tato Bhavati Bhārata Tato Kidam jñānam upāsitya Mamasādharmiam āgatāha Here Juna, Resorting to this knowledge, They attain Oneness with me and identity with me. <coughs> Yajñātvāmuna sarve Parāmsidhimito katāha Gaining which knowledge This contemplative is Becoming free from the identification of this body attain the siddhim, the most exalted accomplishment, namely moksha So Lord Krishna said, this knowledge enables me to discover an identity with Brahman, which is my true nature And also enables me this discriminative knowledge, this body-mind complex I am not And thus one becomes free from the bondage, as we will discuss, which is which arises from the identification <coughs> They become free from the birth and pain, even though the whole world may be going through the birth and growth and death process and creation, sustenance, dissolution, they become free from all these processes. <coughs> Thus, eulogizing or praising this knowledge, then Lord Krishna started describing or telling us how He is everything, how He is the Maker as well as the material. He is the one non-dual creator. Not that there are many creators. This morning the question was asked, how do you say there is one creator? Because, Prasādavat, like I mentioned, that is created by many. Similarly also, this universe also, is a very composed entity, consisting of so many components, so many ingredients. So how do you say there is one creator? Lord Krishna says, I am the creator. And through my power, which is called maya, which brings about this union between the Purusha and Prakriti, spirit and matter, that the whole universe comes into being. <coughs> so, this is how the creation is described. Here, the model that is adopted by Lord Krishna is a, is a standard model of procreation as to how the progeny arises from the union of the mother and the father. Similarly, also the whole universe can be looked upon as a progeny arising from the union of this Purusha and Prakriti. So, Prakruti is called Maya, the creative power. For that, Lord Krishna uses the word Mahat Brahma. Because Maya, the creative power, is Mahat, is great. Cause is always greater with reference to the effect. So, Maya which has created the universe is greater than the universe. And Brahma, that which sustains everything, that which pervades everything. So, Maya being the material cause, that from which the universe has arisen, pervades the entire universe. It's Mahat and Brahma. Mahat means great, with reference to the, I mean, it is the effect of the creation. And Brahma means all-pervading, all all-pervading. So Maya is all-pervading. So this Mahat Brahma, this Maya, is mamayuni, is the material cause. Tasmin garbham dadhamiham. I place the garbha, the womb, in this Maya. <coughs> so Upanishads described the creation process like this. Bahusyam, tada bahusyam, so kamayata, bahusyam. In the beginning, this Lord deliberated, may I become many? And that's how he became many. That means this potential of one becoming many, or one appearing as many, this potential is there, that alone is karmaya. Somehow there is this thing about God, that even though he is one and non-dual, one and only one, and still there is something about him by which he appears as manic. Not only as manic but even as divided. The main division that obtains here is the division between the subject and the object. Subject is a conscious being, object is a world, the inert world. So subject is subject, object is object. This is a division. I am different, you are different. That is the real creation. That that creates in me a sense of duality That I am different from everything else Everything else is different from me And therefore I am limited by the world And therefore I find myself A small, limited, insignificant uh, entity helpless creature So this sense of helplessness, insignificance that I feel Is this, is created by what we call This division between myself and the rest of the world So this is what maya creates this is the most amazing thing. What greater magic can there be? Because a magician creates something that is otherwise impossible. He takes a piece of crumpled newspaper and shows a hundred dollar bill there. It's amazing. Where did it come from? If you, of course, I'm sure you can't get anything, even in the flea market from that hundred dollar bill, but at least it looks real when it shows us. And so, creating something where it is not, or creating an appearance of something which is not there, And this is what maya does. And once this sense of duality comes, sense of smallness comes, creation starts. I cannot, that is where the desire comes. But I cannot accept a sense of smallness about myself. So what the ignorance does is to create in me a sense of smallness, a sense of limitation, a sense of inadequacy. And that is against my nature, therefore that adequacy, smallness, I cannot accept. And therefore, there is an urge from within me to do something about it, to become free from the sense of smallness. Any moment I become aware of my inadequacy or smallness or limitation, there is an urge to become free from that. That is called desire. So there is a a desire, this creates a desire. Avidya or ignorance creates kama or desire. Avidya, kama, karma. Ignorance, desire, action. So every action, even creation also, is a product of some desire. That is why the Upanishads sometimes describe the process of creation. So the bahusyam, Lord, In the beginning of creation, desire, may I become many? Desire. The idea is that any action that takes place or any act of creation presupposes a desire. But desire itself shows what? So people ask this question, why, uh, why did God have to create this world? He created the world, that means that there was a desire to create. And the desire is a product of inadequacy. Desire can always be for something which I do not have. I cannot have desire for something which I already have. Desire is always for something that I do not have. And therefore, desire always arises from a sense of inadequacy. I lack, that I am lack, I am lacking, I am lacking because of absence of something. So desire shows a lack, a sense of inadequacy. So unless, uh, limitless, feels a sense of inadequacy. Imagine, limitless feeling a sense of inadequacy. Limitless desire, how is, is it not contradictory? So, the contradictions start right from there. If we find contradictions in life, it is no wonder because the whole creation originated from contradiction. The limitless desiring, where desire is an indication of inadequacy, of some lack, some want. So, this question how can there be lack or inadequacy, want in God who is limitless? So, Swami asked so many questions this morning why did He create this? Is He some kind of a sadist? Is he created this for his own pleasure? Well, how can he get pleasure? Does he get pleasure out of our suffering or what? Any kind of a motive if you impute behind the creation, there'll be a problem. If you impute any kind of a motive behind creation that God created, oh, because he was alone, so he thought, let me become many, so that I will have company. Does it mean that he feels bored without company? If he feels bored, then he's like you and I how can he call it limitless oh he created this out of his pleasure does it mean that without creating he is not pleased then how can he be god so desire is something that inexplicable That you and i desire also is inexplicable because you and i also are Masi brahman how can they have desire in brahman that can only be when for some reason the desire arises we call it ignorance that there is something called ignorance because of which even the limitless does not know that he is limitless not only that but he takes himself to be limited why that's how it is once you accept that then everything can be explained after that everything is in order the creation takes place in a very systematic way, and there is an evolution. Now, whatever model you apply, that is quite okay. But why creation? Inexplicable. How did he create? Again, inexplicable. How did he create many out of one? Where did he get the material from? I am sure Swami will elaborate all of this. You know, how did he get his material and so forth and so on. But then, so I will not elaborate on that. But the point is that all of these, none of these questions can be satisfactorily answered. This is what we call inexplicable. Therefore, maya can say to be the inexplicable power, the inscrutable power associated with God, because of which what is impossible is made possible. The limitless is made to feel a sense of limitation. How can it be? Question Swamiji, who is experiencing all? Who is a bhokta? Who is experiencer, Who is a samsari? Who feels a sense of limitation? The limitless. How can it be? How can the limitless feel a sense of limitation? Inexplicable. And thus, Without avidya, without ignorance, there cannot be creation. And therefore, ignorance creates, avidya creates sense of smallness, alpatvam, that creates an urge to become free from the sense of smallness, desire. And from desire then arises action. avidya karma, karma. So as long as this ignorance is not manifest, so long nothing happens. Like in the state of deep sleep. Then also there is nothing but blanket of ignorance. But ignorance is not at that time manifested as a sense of inadequacy, in the the sense of state of deep sleep. I am not aware of myself, there is no self-awareness in that I don't suffer from any complexes, I don't suffer from a sense of smallness. That's the reason why there is no desire, therefore there is no creation. So, that is equivalent to the state of praraya, the state of dissolution. But as soon as I wake up in the morning, I wake up with a sense of unity, and then I become active. I jump from my bed, look at, oh, morning meditation time, it's already 6.15, I jump, you know? So, that's how the... This is how we explain creation. There are different ways of explaining creation, but one way of explaining is, the process of waking up. From sleep, when I'm totally asleep, to the state when I totally become wake up. You can imagine several states, or several stages there. That first of all, I wake up, I'm just general awareness is there. Just general awareness. Then I become awareness, aware, of myself as an individual. Then I become aware of the environment around me. Where am I? You know, I thought that I was in Ahmedabad or someplace. Then I realized that I'm here. You know, because when you come to the camp, all of a sudden, you know, you are shifted from a few hundred miles. And maybe in the first morning we are not oriented as yet. Because you came late at night, you want to sleep. In the morning you don't know where you are. And then you become aware of this Shabdas Pasha, the objects of the world. So that's how Sankhya has explained the process of creation. In the beginning there is nothing but avyakta, unmanifest, blanket of ignorance. Then Mahatattva, what we call a general awareness. Then ahankara, you know, the, the sense of individuality. Panchatanmatrani, the five elements, I become aware of the elements then I become aware of my body, then I become aware of where I am, time and space, where then, what all I have to do, and then all activities start. And so, Lord Krishna says that I activate my maya. What is meant by placing garbha in the maya is activating the maya. That the potential, the, the creative power is there in a sleeping state, and then it is made active, and that's how the creation begins. <coughs> Sambhavaha sarabhutanam tato, I mean, our, our, at this point, our intention is not to go much into this process of creation, etc. The intention here is, to, on the part of Lord Krishna, is to say that I am the maker and I am the material. I am the one who creates everything, therefore, the material also I am, and the intelligence also I am. Sambhavaha sarabhutanam tato bhadi From this initial process of activating my maya, sarabhutanam, sambhavah, the the creation of all the beings takes place from there. So whatever is created subsequently, so imagine that, in the beginning of the creation, the first desire arises, cosmic desire arises, may I become many, whatever that desire is. Imagine, all the living beings, all the creatures going to sleep, simultaneous, together. The whole world is asleep. Imagine that state. That is called state of dissolution. But when we go to sleep, that time we don't get destroyed, we remain intact. In the sense that our personality remains intact, our desires and inadequacies and aspirations and everything remains intact. It it just becomes blanketed by ignorance. doesn't get destroyed. So everything is there in a potential state, in a state of deep sleep. And that's the reason why when I wake up, the same person wakes up, not a different fellow. So similarly also they say that what is called pralaya or the state of resolution is all the creatures go to sleep simultaneously. The whole world is sleeping. And then the first desire arises at the beginning of creation. What is, you know what that desire is? Is the combined desire of all the creatures the combined desires of all the creatures becomes the very first desire at the beginning of creation and from then the creation unfolds that one desire, one sankalpa, one deliberation unfolds itself in the form of this creation that is going on and on. Sambhava sarabhutaram tatubhavadibharata he bharadhe arjuna from there the Sambhava the creation of all the beings takes place from that. <coughs> In short, maya is something that is dependent upon me. It is my power. I activate that power and bring the whole universe into creation. Bring the creation of the whole universe. Lord Krishna says, not only at that time I am... So it's not that Lord created only at that time. The creation continues. But Lord, you said that you are the creator of all the beings, but we find beings created from their own parents. Where are you in that? I find the plants are being created from seeds. Where are you? I find that the human beings are born of their the parents. Where are you in that? So all these things that are being born, we find them being born from their respective causes. Lord Krishna I am the creator. How can you be that? Maybe you created at the beginning, but right now who creates? Right now we find that the, the projection or the creation takes place from the respective causes. For example, this part also is created from its own cause, which is clay. And the cloth is also created from its cloth that is cotton. Where are you in that? Sambhavaha sarabhutaram tato bhadivharata. Here, Arjuna. The being, all the beings, the birth of all the beings takes place from me. But we find that the birth of beings takes place from their own causes. So question is, where is God? When I plant, when I sow a seed, and when a sprout comes and a plant grows, where is God in that? Or when I am born from the womb of my mother, where is God in that? So Lord Krishna explains in the fourth verse, how... He is the one who creates everything at all the times <coughs> Sarvayo ni shukante sarvayo ni shukante murtayas sambhavantia murtayas tasam brahma mahadyoni tasam brahma mahadyoni Aham bija pradapita. Aham bija He kaundhe, oh, son of kundi Yaha murtaya sambhavandi. Whatever forms are born, sarva from all the wombs. So whatever forms are born from any womb, whether it is human beings, whether it is gods, whether it is animals, birds, whatever it is, So whatever creature that is which is born whether mosquitoes whatever it is. So whatever forms or beings are born from whatever wombs understand that my maya is a real material cause that's the mother. So no doubt the, the birth takes place from the mother and the father. But Lord Krishna says whenever birth of any creature takes place Understand that the mother there is nothing but my maya. Aham vijap And I am the seed-giving father. I am the father and my maya is the mother. And so, it may appear as though the local parents are the cause for the birth of the child. But Lord Krishna says, that very creative power, because of this, when well, that fertility which is there that because of which this creation birth takes place, Lord Krishna says, the very creative power is my Maya. And the very conscious person who is involved in the creation there, understand that, that I am. Aham I am the one, I am the father, the seed-giving father I am, and the, the material cause is my own Maya. So wherever any creation takes place, no doubt the local causes are there. But through causes, Lord Krishna says, it is I who create through all the various causes. So, birth of all the human beings, or all the creatures, all the plants, animals, whatever it is, any birth that takes place, understand, all of that takes place because of me. Not only birth of even living beings, even birth of such things as a pot. There also, the material is there, the material is clay. Lord Krishna says that, there also creative power is involved. Even a pot maker also makes a pot. Some intelligence is involved. A creative power is involved. Intelligence, Lord Krishna says that I am. And the creative power is nothing but this Maya. And thus it is a union of the intelligence and the creative power. Which every moment, not only that I was born, when I was born from the womb of my mother, but the birth constantly takes place. So every moment thousands and, I don't know, countless cells are being destroyed and new cells are being created. I'm, I'm, I think that I'm the same person who was born, but they tell me that in seven years all the blood is completely changed. And I don't know, that all the cells are also changed. Everything is changing. This creation constantly takes place. And creation can take place only when there is a creative power as well as there is intelligence. So Lord Krishna says, I am that intelligence and which is responsible for the creation through my creative power. So now if you want to see God, you can see him like this. Wherever any creation takes place, you can see his play. The play of that same intelligence, same consciousness, playing through the maya or the creative power everywhere. Whether you're watching the plants, you're watching the creatures, you're watching the worms, you're watching anything you're watching, you can see. Not only of the conscious and sen- sentient beings, even the creation taking place in the insentient world also, there also Lord that says, I am the creator. <coughs> At least when we understand this, uh, one thing that can happen to us is that at least we can become free from any pride. As Swamiji was saying yesterday, I guess, about the self-made person, you know, I'm the self-made man, I did everything, again, but then this is nice. And still at least, it's just, that's all right, but it will be helpful for me to remember that when I do something, the ability to do that, that's a creative power. Oh, I did it by my own strength, but the strength that I have, by my own intelligence that I have. So any kind of power that I have, all the power is nothing but the power. The original power, maya, manifesting through me. And, of course, the power alone does not work, and is not enough. There must be intelligence also that directs that power to function in a certain way. And that, thus, always this union between purusha and prakriti, the spirit and the matter. So Lord Krishna says Whatever creation takes place anywhere Always takes place on account of me I am the creator everywhere And there is no creator other than me Not only he is a creator But he is a creation also Not only he is a maker But he is the material also Not only he is the intelligent cause He is the material cause as well And therefore Whatever there is in the universe Is nothing but himself <coughs> The subject also is him The object also is him the sentient also is Him, the insentient also is Him. The saint also is Him, the sinner also is Him. And thus, all of this was discussed in great detail. In the earlier chapters, like the seventh chapter, like the tenth chapter, like the, and will be again told in the fifteenth chapter, Lord Krishna, eighth, ninth chapter, keeps on describing His glories, essentially declaring that He alone is everything. Hey Danya, there is nothing in this universe other than me. You know what it means? Then the question is, Swamiji, who is the samsari then? Who is the one who is suffering from this, who is suffering this process? Who is the one that undergoes the process of birth and death? Who is the one who is born? Who is the one who is to get liberated? Who is being born? Who is dying and who is suffering from this process of transmigration, who is that? Only one answer can be there and that is him alone. So is Brahman alone? So God alone or Brahman alone is the one who is samsari also, Meaning that's the one who has to be liberated also. <clears throat> and thus we are told how on account of ignorance this God or Brahman alone becomes a jiva. He becomes as though an individual being and suffers from the sense of limitation and then struggles to become free. So it is not that God, because question is often asked. Why should God create like? Why should God do this? Why should He create us? And then have this ignorance? And then have a struggle through all of this? So if God created all the people who are different from Him, then these questions would have been alright. But, inasmuch as the as one who is suffering also is nothing but himself, and therefore, inasmuch as there is no real creation, and as much as therefore there is no real suffering, as we'll see, inasmuch as he's not really affected by whatever is happening at the level of upadhi or therefore, these questions also do not really have a place. Otherwise, if God was creator and the universe was created, If you are someone who is different from the creation, then there would have been many, many questions. And these debates we see every day. There are so many articles being written about science and religion these days, and scientists also searching God, and scientists finding God, and so forth and so on. So the scientists, so they think that the God is the one, when there is a phenomenon that we can explain, then it is due to God. But whatever phenomenon we can explain is not due to God or something like that. Some kind of idea they have about God. They always imagine God to be someone different from the universe. So here it's very important to know that the Creator and the creation, both of them are Him. Therefore, nobody is inflicting pain upon anybody else because everything is just one. <clears throat> so all you can say, if you wanted to say, is that all of this then turns out to be nothing but a plague. All of this turns out to be nothing but the play. And so the killer also is him, the killer also is him, the sufferer also is him, suffered also is him, everybody is him. And therefore, all of this turns out to be nothing but play. You can say that it is one God who assumes all these various costumes. So Prakriti gets divided in many ways. So each of these bodies or each of these personalities is a product of Prakriti, which is many. And the one, the person, the purusha associated with all of them is just one, just as one electricity being associated with many bulbs and many appliances. And the differences are in the bulbs, therefore we have differences in the intensity of flight, but just as only one electricity manifests through all of them, and so also the differences obtained at the level of personality. But the person is only one, and the personality can be said to be an equivalent of a costume of an actor just an actor may put on a variety of costumes and take different roles and so also we can say one person or oneself assumes so many costumes and seems to play so many roles and thus all of these then turns out to be a role playing or just to play and that's the only way it can be explained in which case many questions that bother us all these questions can be resolved when you understand that he is both the maker and the material that means he is the one who alone manifests in every role. <clears throat> now, thus, this was one important thing that Lord Krishna wanted to clarify. That he is the one soul creator and one non-dual and there is none other than him. Now, another question that arose earlier from the earlier chapters as to what are these gunas? How does the limitless get bound? In what manner does he get bound? So, what are those which bring about the sense of bondage in the self who is limitless? In which manner the bondage takes place? And how to get liberated from this bondage? So, the process of bondage is now being described here. Not to give so much reality to bondage, but for us to understand how to become free from that bondage. And so, from the fifth verse, for the next as many as 14 verses, we'll have a discussion of what we call the three gunas. Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas. So the fifth verse, Lord Krishna says, Sattvam Rajas Tamaiti, Sattvam Rajas Tamaiti, Gunaf Prakriti Samhavaha, Gunaf Prakriti Samhavaha, Nibadh Mahabaho, Nibadh Mahabaho, Dehe Dehinamavyayam. Hey, 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 hi, namah, yeah. rajah gunaha. Lord Krishna says that these are called gunaha these are called guna this word guna actually can be translated as qualities but that is not the meaning of the word guna here guna does not mean quality here guna actually means constituent so Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas, and Lord Krishna himself will explain what is meant by this. Right now, he just tells us that there are these three gunas. An interesting uh, meaning of the word guna is rope. So guna also means a rope. That's the word, that is why Sankhya's use this word guna. See, guna is a word that is used by Sankhya, it's a technical word. In the common parlance, the word guna means a quality and quality is always dependent upon substance. Quality is that which is always dependent upon a substance. For example, this is a cloth which is orange color. So orange can be said to be the, the quality of this cloth, and the orange itself cannot be independent, cannot exist independently. It always requires a locus, like a substance, that is a cloth. Just as quality is always dependent upon the substance, so also what we call gunas, sattvara, yastamas also are dependent. That means these gunas do not have an independent existence, they depend upon consciousness for their being. They depend upon the self-consciousness for their being. In that sense, they are called gunaha because they are dependent. They are called gunaha also because like rope they also bind. And therefore the Sankhyas use this expression guna. They say, just call it guna, don't translate it. You can, if you want to translate, you can call it constituent. Satvam, Rajah, Tamah All these three words are in the neutral gender So Satvam, Rajah, Tamah iti Gunaha, Prakruti, Sambhavaha Prakriti, Prakruti means Maya here So Maya is said with Trigunatmika Maya Satvam, Satvara guess, Tamogunatmika Maya This is also, by the way, this Maya is, is something that is inferred, by the way Maya is a cause and cause is something that is inferred from the effect. We are not going to discuss too much about maya here because that's, you know, I'm already, uh, there is, there's enough thing here, and talking too much about maya perhaps can uh, uh, further can create certain, you know, I mean, uh, our heads can start reeling. But basically, maya is a cause, and maya is something, not something that we can perceive. What we can perceive is the effect, namely the creation of the universe. That's the creation. And from the creator, the effect cannot be unless the cause is. Therefore, the universe must be born of a cause. And the cause and the effect must have the same kind of characteristics as the cause has. So therefore, as the Sankhya has explained to us, when we observe the universe, we find that the universe is made up of these three gunas. One way to explain the universe is, that is made up of five elements. The space, air, fire, water and earth, that's one way of explaining universe. Another way of explaining is that it is made up of three gunas, sattva, rajas and tamas. As Lord Krishna himself will explain, sattva is that which is transparent. That which is pure, transparent. That where there is peace, silence, tranquility, balance. Happiness, harmony, this is the sattva. Rajas, as Lord Krishna will explain, where there is an attachment, where there is activity, when there is restlessness, agitation, that is the rajas. And tamas, where there is dullness, darkness, laziness, inactivity, lack of any kind of motivation, this is the tamas. Sattva, rajas and tamas. So every human being is, the, the disposition will be explained as a composite, is as, as a combination of these three gunas, sattva, rajas and tamas. So that's what we find about ourselves also. Sometimes we find our mind is very tranquil, very peaceful. We enjoy tranquility, peace, transparency, cheerfulness. There are moments when we enjoy that, that is the sattvic state of mind. Supposed to be there in the morning, when you wake up in the morning. It's not always there, but it's supposed to be. That's why I am Because if you had a good rest during the night, if you had good sleep, then you wake up fresh in the morning. At that time, the mind is likely to be, more likely to be quiet and tranquil and cheerful. Sattva. As the sun rises then, as the sun rises and the sun starts rising up, slowly the rajas, the guna starts. That's the reason why usually the activities will start at the sunrise. Not before that. In India, of course, activity starts at 11 o'clock, so forth, you know, when the sun is already high. But in the Western countries we find, people go to work at 10 o'clock, 10.30, 11 o'clock, you know. But here you find people go to work at 7 o'clock, 7.30, early morning. So that's when, and then as the sun rises, Rajavuna, Rajas also increases. And then when the sun starts setting, the rajas also decreases, giving place to tamas. So early morning when the whole atmosphere is very tranquil, sattva. When the sun rises, then the the beings also wake up and all the activity starts, rajas. And then when the sun starts setting, slowly tamas, and then darkness comes in the night, that is the tamas. Sattva, rajas. In our own self also we find, as we say, perhaps in the early morning when the mind is quiet, sattvic mind. During the day the mind becomes active, rajas. In the evenings, truly I am tired, at night then I'm, I fall asleep, tamas. Sattva, rajas, tamas. Or even any other time this can be. It's not that at night that is always tamas, sometimes people are awake at night also. Sometimes during day also they are, you know, the laziness comes, it's But the idea is that, the mind has these three dispositions. We call a person sattvic person, when the sattva is predominant in the nature. We call a person a rajas person, when the rajas is predominant in nature. We call this fellow a tamas person, when the tamas is predominant in nature. But everybody has all the three. There is nobody who doesn't have all the three. Without these three, we cannot exist. Everybody needs sleep and rest, tamas is required. Everybody needs some activity, at least even, even the person who uh, lives in Samadhi, he also requires to eat food and some activity is required. He has to go off a viksha and eat his food. Some rajas is required. So, sattva, rajas and tamas. So, that these are the three dispositions of which everybody's personality is made. Not only of our personality, personality of all the creatures is made. Not only of the creatures, personality of the whole universe also is made that way. Sattva, rajas and tamas. So this is the model that the Sankhya's have supplied us. That we find that the universe which is a creation which is in effect displays the combination of Sattva, Rajas, Tamas. Therefore the cause from which the universe is born also must have is Sattva, Rajas, Tamas. This cause is called Maya. Why is it called Maya? Because it is inscrutable. And that Maya also must have the same constitutes Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. That is why while describing the process of creation, as in Tattvabodha, it will be said, that now we shall describe the creation of the universe. And before it says that there is this maya consisting of sattva, rajas and tamas. And from that, then the creation came about. So maya is something which is a matter of inference, by the way. Maya is makarya namaya, sudhiyaya maya. This maya is something that is inferred. We infer that there is something called maya something or the cause because without, uh, without that the effect could not happen. <coughs> Inasmuch as the cause is the three gunas therefore we find the three gunas pervading the entire universe. Here we are more interested in our own personality. So this discussion here in the 14th chapter focuses mainly on our own mind our own personality. That everybody's personality also consists of the combination of three gunas Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. So that's what Lord Krishna says. Sattvam, Rajasthamaheti, Gunaha. Here you know these are the three Gunas: Sattva, rajas and Tamas. Prakriti, Sambhavaha, born of Prakriti. They are not born of Prakriti, they are Prakriti. In fact, Sattva, rajas tamas means Maya. They are not born of Maya, they are Maya, or they are Prakriti. Why does Lord Krishna say they are born of Prakriti? See, as again the Sankhi Shastra explains, The state that obtains the beginning of creation is when all the three gunas are in balance. Imagine on the billiard table, all the billiard balls are very well arranged. At that time, they're on a state of balance. There is no activity then. And you push a little bit, an imbalance is created. How all the balls start rolling, a lot of activity is generated. Similarly also, when these three gunas, there is imbalance with three gunas then the creation process begins. So we can say that this Prakriti, what Lord says is, that in the beginning, these three gunas are in a balance. At the beginning of creation, an imbalance comes. Lord says, may I become many? An imbalance comes, and then the creation process starts. So that's why they are said they are born of Prakriti. The idea is Prakriti, or the, the, the nature, is that which is made up of these three gunas, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. That is fine, but what does it do? Nibad Dehe dehi namavyam He mahābhāho O mighty arm one <laughs> Saying that this mighty arm does not work here, you know I mean, you have to be mighty arm all right But merely having mighty arm at the physical level is not enough The mighty arms are required at the mental level Dehe dehi namavyam These three gunas, this, this matter This prakriti my nature Binds Binds Dehinam avyayam Binds immutable embodied being to the body These three gunas bind the self Who is the self? Avyayam Immutable Immutable means that which does not suffer mutation Does not suffer change That means does not suffer destruction That is not subject to birth The one who is changeless That means one who is ever free Avyayam The self that is ever free let subject to In fact, bound to this body. By these three gunas, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. That's what they call gunas. Gunas are also ropes. Like ropes, they bind the self. Really gunas don't bind the self. You know what binds the self? It is ignorance. These gunas are just a personality. Mind is Sattva Rajastamas. So in our own personality, you know we can see how our personality is born of these three gunas. We have this gross body. Then we have what we call the subtle body. The gross body is primarily the product of tamas, the gross. Then we have the organs of action, the five organs of action, and we have these pranas, they are primarily product of rajas. And we have the five organs of perception and the mind that is all the equipment of knowledge That primarily the product of sattva so in our own personality also from sattva are born the organs of perception and the mind from rajas are born the organs of action and prana and from tamas is born this gross body so our personality that consists of the gross and the subtle body is a product of sattva, rajas and tamas how can this bind the self? This personality consisting of the body, sense, mind, intellect, complex, binds the self. It cannot bind the self. This is this limited, little insignificant thing. How can it bind the self that is limitless? But it binds on account of ignorance. So what causes bondage really is not the body. What causes bondage is not the mind. It is not that I am bound because I have a body or I have a mind. I am born because of ignorance. See ignorance is that which binds the self with this prakriti or with this personality consisting of the gross and the subtle bodies. This we discussed earlier how ignorance creates the sense of smallness. Ignorance means I do not know the true nature of myself. And therefore I take what I am not to be myself. Thus you must have heard this. Ignorance says, these two aspects. One is called avaranam, other is called vikshepa. Ignorance says, let me write down, this is an important thing here, that's, that's how Vedantians explain the bondage. Avaranam and vikshepa are wailing and project, projection. Together this is called avidya. So you must know that in Vedanta when we use the word avidya or ignorance it's a technical term. It is not the ordinary ignorance which is generally not knowing something, it is not that. But here, there are two aspects in there. One is not knowing, and second thing is knowing it wrongly. So in our famous rope snake example, also, these two elements are quite evident. You know, when this projection of snake can take place, it's an interesting thing that there is a rope lying in front of me and I, have a, I perceive a snake there. So, some peculiar conditions must be satisfied and then only this kind of a Brahman. Yeah. Brahman is a projection, vikshepa, or delusion. take place only when number one I do not know the rope ignorance of rope and then projection of snake So this is, as we said, is avarana and this is called vikshedana. I do not know the rope and I take the rope to be the snake. It's not that I do not know the rope completely. If I did not know the rope completely, there would have been no problem. Let's say I'm walking by A piece of rope is lying there There was pitch darkness I did not see the rope at all Then this would not have Then the projection of snake would not have happened So when I knew the rope as rope Like walking during the daytime I see the rope as rope Then also the projection of snake Delusion doesn't happen So when does it happen? Like in a semi-darkness situation when I see the rope alright, but do not recognize it as a rope. So there is knowledge of rope alright, not total ignorance. But not the knowledge of rope as rope. So we can say that there is general knowledge of rope. What we call the samanya jnana. And there is another expression called nicheerishigyan, the particular knowledge. So I have what we call the samanya gyanam, the general knowledge. There the is something. But the vishesh the particular knowledge that this is rope is not there. So Samanya is present, vishesha Jnana is absent. So this must be there, presence of Samanya Jnana, vishesha of the absence of particular Jnana. So I know it as something, I know it as an object, something is existing. But I do not know the particular aspect that it is rope. And that is how what we call projection takes place. Projection of something like snake takes place. So for this projection, all this Brahma, all this delusion, for happening, this very peculiar condition must be satisfied that the samanya general knowledge should be there. and this particular knowledge should not be there. This is the example of rope snake. So understand, ignorance involves these two aspects, not knowing the rope as rope, and therefore taking it to be the snake, projecting a snake there. Something like that happens about ourselves also. It's not that I'm ignorant of myself. I cannot be totally ignorant of myself. because I know that I am. I know that I'm a conscious being. And therefore, I have what we call a general knowledge about myself. I asmi, sadabhami. I am there, I am conscious. But the vishish jñānam, the particular knowledge about myself, that I am Brahman, I am limitless, I am non-dual, this is not there and therefore the projection takes place. Where does the projection takes place? In the a particular aspect. When you say this is a snake, this involves two elements. One is this is. Really, this belongs to the rope. The this is part, you know, belongs where you know to the rope because I know that object, this, but the rope part I do not know. Of that object is lying in front of me. I know it is generally existing there, but I do not know specifically that to be a rope, and therefore. This is, this element, this part belongs to the rope and this is projection. That means this is the the Samanya Jnana is there. So we say that this is is the Samanya Jnana and this snake is that which is the projection. When Samanya Jnana is there, Visheshit Jnanam, that rope is not there, then the projection happens. Similarly, in our case also, the samanya Jnanam is that I am. Is the samanya Jnanam, I am. But I do not know that I am immortal, limitless, therefore I take myself to be immortal. Ignorant. unhappy. So this is the God, this is bondage. How these two things are t- tied together? This and these are tied together. This is called the bondage. Two things are joined together. There is a knot between the two. This is called Granthi. So also when I say I am mortal. You know what is? What is I am? I am actually the Self. The Atma. Who is mortal, you know? This, this body, this prakriti. So all these two things are tied together. Nivad nanti maha Dehe dehinam yam This is called dehinam I am a man, then this I am, that is the self. What Lord Krishna here calls the embodied one. And this is what? This man belongs towards the body. Let's call it Deha. How the self is tied to the Dehe, Dehe Namavayam The Atma is tied to Anatma This is called the, the Granthi How does not the self or this is the non self? So, ignorance, this maya, this is called maya. How can this be? How can the self be tied to non self? How can the limitless be tied to limited? It's not possible. And so, you find it happening. This not, is not logical in any way at all. It doesn't make sense. How can the self, the limitless, ever free? How can we tie to a body which is just insignificant little speck in existence? How can we tie? How can the self, this idea of mortality, the bondage, be created? It just doesn't make sense. But still, is our experience. I say that I am a man, and that I am is nothing but the self. Is nothing but the limitless. And still I proclaim myself to a man or woman or whatever. That means I take myself to the body. Somehow this happens. How does it happen? Inexplicable again. That's why it is called Maya. Maya means that which is inexplicable, but which creates things nevertheless. And this is creation. This I am being tied to this body and this whole concept, I am a man or a mortal. That's It's enough to create everything. Moment I call myself mortal, I cannot accept it. There is an urge to become free from the mortality, and I do all kinds of things, and that is how actions take place, creation takes place. The whole world is created like that. So it is said that the whole universe is a product of the ignorance in this sense. But that's what Lord Krishna says. So this sattva tamas. So this is called prakriti. And this is Purusha. This prakruti itself is Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas. So, purusha is bound to prakruti, tied to Prakriti. That's that's what Lord Krishna wants us. Once we understand this, of course, in what way? Then, depending upon what is predominant in the Prakriti, the nature of bondage will diff- will vary. Everybody manifests the bondage all day, but from everybody the manifestation of bondage is different. Somebody is an angry person, somebody is a greedy person, somebody is a quiet person, somebody is a giving person, somebody is a taking person. All fellows are different. So nature and the Samsara manifests is different depending upon the composition of these three. But it is the ignorance that creates this type of the self and the non-self. And so dehe dehinam avyayam even though avyayam this, imm- this is immutable, this is immortal, it's ever free, limitless. Somehow is somehow tied to this, which is mutable. which is mortal, which is limited in every way. And this is how. Ignorance is explained. So, inasmuch as this is inexplicable, it doesn't defies all logic, it doesn't make any sense, therefore it's called maya, which cre- as though creates, for the impossible. <coughs> Understand also, that this bondage also is an appearance. Not that maya, The snake is an appearance, similarly also, that I am bound also is an appearance. But unless, until I know the snake to be real, Unless I know the snake to a projection, it's a real thing for me. And so until I find out that the sense of mortal is unreal, it is very real for me and I suffer from that. So just as the perception of snake creates fear and all kinds of reactions in me, and so also this sense that I am a human being, I am a mortal being, creates all kinds of reactions and suffering in me. And so all of the suffering is though, no reason to be there, he is all there, and that's why the cause is said to be Maya. Maya means that which is inexplicable. So, this is how then everything can be explained. Once you accept this, then everything can, then analysis will work from here on. All psychology will work from here on. But as to how this came about, that is where this process of ignorance is described. Okay. <coughs> Om pur namada pur namam pura tu nam purasya pur namahaaya purameva Om shante shante shankare shankara keshavam baa sutra हरि वंदता पुना पुना ईश्वरो है